Talk Description to Me with Christine Malik and J.J. Hunt. Hi, I'm Christine Malik. And I'm J.J. Hunt. This is Talk Description to Me, where the visuals of current events and the world around us get hashed out in description-rich conversations. We had an email request from David recently, and other listeners have requested this too, to talk about flags. And... Uh, of course, as blind people, we all know that flags are multifaceted and they have different uh, things that they represent. And for the most part, maybe we don't know all that much about them. Well, okay, I'm speaking for myself there. But uh, when we started talking about it, uh, it turned out to be a lot more complex than I had had thought. And who has flags and, and why and what they actually represent. So JJ, maybe that's a good place to start is what's the purpose of, of flags and why do they exist? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, from a design perspective, how do you convey a sense of place, a sense of people, identity, using a fairly standardized set of design principles and commonly understood symbols. It's, it is really quite fascinating. Right off the top, which flags are we going to be talking about? Which flags are we going to describe? I mean, there are 200, almost 200 countries in the world, plus there are states and provinces, and then there are rallying flags for groups seeking independence. So there's a lot of different flags out there. Um, we talked about this, Chris. Obviously, we are an English an English language podcast, so our listeners are uh, Canadian, uh, American. They're from the UK. They're from Australia. So we're going to talk a bit about those flags um, because those are the flags of our listeners, but also because those flags work well together um, uh, because they, they're from countries that share a common history, common colors, common symbols, common design elements, right? It's important to acknowledge, though, when we're talking about those common histories, that the, the common history that those countries share is colonialism. Um, these flags are intentionally designed to inspire nationalistic pride for some people, but they can also be symbols of oppression, too. So obviously that's getting into territory that's beyond the scope of this podcast, but I did still, you know, I did want to acknowledge that. Um, and when we talked about it before, um, the topic came up of, are there flags for Indigenous peoples? And it, JJ, you did a quick internet search. And uh, apart from the images, one of the things I thought was most interesting is that there are, and they are quite recent. Yeah. It's a very recent phenomenon uh, to, to have flags. So there's lots of reasons for that. But that fact really highlighted for me that it's it's a lot more complex, as patriotism is much more complex than you might think uh, on the surface. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the use of flags has been around for centuries. Like I, I read that it goes back as perhaps as far as the Bronze Age, 
people have been using flags, particularly in military situations. Flags were used as military standards um, during battle, both on land and then later at sea. You would have flags to uh, identify your group of people. Um, and so these flags are designed to be viewed from a distance. They're designed to inspire and identify your troops and maybe even intimidate uh, your enemies. And so th these flags, they include heraldry, symbolism, color association, and some of these might go back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So really quite fascinating. A, a little bit of technical information uh, before I go on with the descriptions. Um, that flags are typically house flags that we see in North America um, are typically like a three feet tall by five feet feet wide, so they follow a three to five ratio. Some follow a one to two ratio, so they would be maybe two feet tall and four feet wide. Roughly speaking, that's more or less like a cell phone in landscape mode, right? That's kind of what we're talking about for flag dimensions. And I'm often going to be describing to right and left when I'm describing the flags, because that's how flags are represented in drawings, in photos, in illustrations. They have a visual right and left. But in fact, flags are viewed from both sides, right? When a flag is on a flagpole, it's double-sided. So technically, there is no right and left because it's flipped, it's reversed on the other side. So in technical terms, that's a hoist side and a fly side. So the hoist side, that's the flagpole, that's the side that the flagpole is on, that's always on the left in my descriptions, and the fly side, that's the unattached side, that's on the right. Awesome. So since we're in Canada, can we start with Canada? Absolutely. Let's start with the Canadian flag. This is the, the flag known as the Maple Leaf. It's a relatively young flag. Uh, it was adopted in 1965. Um, officially, it is uh, considered a vertical tri-band of colors. So that would be a one to two to one ratio. So that's equal rectangular panels of bright red on either side. So on the right side and the left side, you've got these rectangular vertical panels of very bright, like a scarlet red. And then in the middle, you have a double width panel of white. So uh, red, white, and then red. And right in the middle on that white panel is a stylized red maple leaf. And the red panels on the, on the, on the sides, those uh, represent the oceans, the Pacific Ocean on the left, the Atlantic Ocean on the right. And the idea that Canada stretches from sea to sea, that's been an important one in our understanding of self. But in fact, Canada actually stretches from sea to sea to sea, right? We stretch all the way to the Arctic Ocean, but that's not represented on the flag. Just the two panels, right and left, representing the oceans. The leaf, the red maple leaf, has actually been used to represent Canada since the 18th century. Um, it's on the coat of arms for Ontario and Quebec and was later put on the coat of arms for Canada itself. It's been on all coins since 1901, and it's actually a regimental symbol going back to the 1860s, and it's used um, in uh, regimental symbols in the First World War and Second World War. So the leaf has been associated with Canada for quite a while. The leaf, as it appears on the Canadian flag, has precisely 11 points. So three of those points are pointing to the upper left, Three of them are at the center, pointing up, 
and three of them are pointing to the upper right. And then there are two points at the bottom, one on either side of the stem. Now, some people try and squeeze some symbolism out of those 11 points, right? Those 11 points represent unity and confidence and blah, blah, blah. It's actually not true. In truth, (laughs) the 11 points are there because they did some wind tunnel tests with different flags with different maple leafs on it. And the 11 point configuration was the one that was least blurry in high wind situations. So I kind of like that. It's very Canada, the (laughs) evidence based country. (laughs) Ooh, science. science. (laughs) Shall we move on to the U.S.? Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, American flag, and and a lot of my information on the American flag comes right from the U.S. government website. Uh, I mean, everyone knows the red, white, and blue as as an idea. This is a field of 13 alternating red and white horizontal stripes. So these represent uh, the original 13 colonies. The red represents valor and bravery, and the white represents purity and innocence. Um, in the upper left, so that's on the hoist side, there's a rectangular panel of white stars on a blue background. And the blue, um, that uh, represents vigilance, perseverance, and justice. And the stars, they represent the number of states in the Union. And so that number has changed. That's the, that, that is the classic American flag. And then there's the Confederate flag, which should only be discussed because it's in uh, the news a lot of late, right? This is this has been uh, discussed. This has been brought to um, uh, the the Capitol building as part of the insurgency. And actually, it was specifically referenced, I think, in that request. Um, So the Confederate flag what we know as the Confederate flag is, of course, widely recognized as a symbol of the Confederacy. But I learned as part of my research that it was never actually adopted as their official flag. It was proposed, but it was rejected. This is not the flag of the Confederate States of America. It's a battle flag that was used during the Civil War. This is a war flag. It's a red background. It's got a blue corner-to-corner X with a thin white border. And then there are 13 white stars that are spaced out inside that blue X. So red background, blue corner to corner X, white stars inside the blue X. That's the Confederate flag. Uh, Let's talk Australia. What does Australia's look like? So the Australian flag uh, has a dark blue background. And it's actually got a full Union Jack in the upper left. Uh, That's on the hoist side. And uh, the rest of the flag is six white stars in the field of blue, in this dark blue background. Um, The largest star is directly below the Union Jack on the left. This is a seven-point star. This is the Commonwealth star. And then there are four mid-size seven-point stars and one five-point star that are on the right side. And they're arranged like the the Southern Cross constellation. The four mid-size stars are the points of the cross. And then the little guy is kind of down and off to the center of uh, to the center right. That's where the little guy is in that constellation. It's a very distinctive constellation that's visible in the southern hemisphere, and uh, it's apparently been used to represent Australia since the early days of British settlement. 
So let's talk Union Jack. Let's break that down. Yeah, the Union Jack really is kind of like the grandfather of all of the flags we've already been talking about, right? Uh, this is uh, the colors you'll are repeated over and over again. Of course, the Australian flag actually has the Union Jack in it. Um, uh, but the Union uh, the Union Jack is the flag of the United Kingdom. It's not the flag of England. This is an important point. The, the, the whole idea of the Union Jack is that it takes the symbols of multiple countries, their crosses, and puts them together in a united flag, a Union flag, the Union Jack. The English flag is a red cross that's centered on a white background. So one vertical band of red, one horizontal band of red that cross, that meet in the center. This is the cross of St. George, who's the patron saint of England since I think something like the 1270s. The Scottish flag is a, a white X on a blue background. So this is a corner to corner X white on a blue background. This is the St. Andrew's cross. This was adopted in the 16th century. The former Irish flag is a thin red X on a white background. So again, a corner to corner X in red on a white background. This is the cross of St. Patrick, and it dates back to like the 15th or 16th century. So this is not the Irish flag that we know today with the, the green, the white, and the orange tricolor flag that was adopted in 1916. The, that, that flag's not part of the Union Jack. When you take those three flags, the English, the Scottish, and the Irish, and you put them all together, you start with the blue background and the white X from Scotland, and then you take the thin red X from Ireland and you layer it inside Scotland's white X. So now you've got a red X inside a white X on a blue background. And then on top of that, you add a thick red cross that's bordered by white. You take that from the English flag, and then you've got a united flag with the English, the Scottish, and the Irish. But I have to say, as the grandson of Glyndur, I have to ask, Where's my red dragon? Where's the Welsh? Where is the Welsh dragon? (laughs) The Welsh flag is gorgeous. It's fantastic. A horizontal band of white atop a band of green, a giant red dragon with scales and an arrowhead tongue and tail. I mean, there are details in this dragon, claws and scales and wings. It's glorious. I want my dragon. Give me a dragon. How dare they? I know. No imagination at all. Oh my goodness. Just put a giant dragon dragon on the whole thing and then i think yeah really just replace the whole <laughs> union jack with a dragon i mean come on <laughs> it's obvious <laughs> um i'm interested in the the union jack in in a sense of um bringing things together and when we were talking about this episode i was wondering about flags like the the eu the european union or the african union and whether they Uh, come up with something new or do they like the union jack try to incorporate some though not all of of their component parts so the the european flag um that the that the eu uses is a a a blue background um with a, a ring a circle of 12 gold stars and the idea here is that those stars they stand for the ideals of unity solidarity and harmony among the peoples of europe so 
I don't think it, 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 I mean, there were just so many countries that were being, that were coming into the European Union. They couldn't do the same type of thing from a design perspective that, uh, that the Union Jack did, taking elements from all of these flags. It just would have been chaos. So instead they took the concept of, uh, of a whole being made up of parts, right? A, a circle being made up of these individual stars. And it's like these golden stars on a blue background. That's the European Union flag, the EU flag. So the flag of the African Union is actually the, the most recent one was adopted um, only 11 years ago in uh, in 2010. And it's a it's got a ratio of two to three. So it, it, it's it's a bit squat. And it is a uh, like a dark green background, a ring of gold stars. Again, this ring of gold stars. And then in the center, you've got a map of the African continent, um, plus some uh, uh, some offshore islands. And this is a silhouette of the continent that is backed by uh, a white sun with lots of shafts of light. So you get this white brilliant sun with shafts of light, uh, you know, again, in white, uh, bursting forth. And then on top of that, you've got the silhouette of the African continent. And that is all encircled by 53 five-point gold stars. That's the flag that has been used since 2010 for the African Union. Lovely. Is there a United Nations flag? There is. So the United Nations flag is the emblem of the United Nations in white on what they call a smoke blue. So this is kind of like a sky blue background. And so this is a view of the Earth, of the continents of Earth, but with the North Pole at the center. And then there are um, concentric circles around that that kind of look a little bit like a bullseye, but uh, those are really like uh, latitudinal lines, I suppose, um, uh, from a, a map maker's perspective. So you're looking down on the uh, on a stylized uh, version of the planet uh, with the North Pole at the center. And then around the outside of, of this circle, uh, you have olive branches that cross at the bottom. So these are, again, stylized olive branches that cross at the bottom. And they're kind of like cupping this, uh, this representation of, uh, of, the, of the map of, uh, of the Earth in the middle. So that's the United Nations logo um, and flag. Olive branches are, as many people know, a symbol of peace. And I wonder, in the general sense, what proportion of flags are a simple arrangement of, of verticals or horizontal stripes of different colors, and, and what proportion of flags are representational or symbolic? Yeah, it's a really good question. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very, very broad mix. Um, so there are lots of flags that are just uh, vertical bands of color, lots of flags that are horizontal bands of color, usually threes, um, sometimes twos, and with different ratios, right? Often they are equal, but sometimes they are not. Um, and then sometimes you have flags that have that as a background, and then you put a specific symbol or a coat of arms or something on it, either centered or in the upper left, or sometimes uh, off-center as well. So there, are, it, it really is quite varied, but 
drawing on a lot of the same symbolism. So sometimes the colors mean uh, a similar thing from one country to another. Sometimes they mean something very specific, um, uh, you know, to the region uh, that they are representing. And then sometimes the, uh, the symbols are themselves densely packed with, uh, with symbols that go back hundreds and hundreds of years. So if you've got a coat of arms, like I'm thinking of the uh, the flag of Portugal, that's got a coat of arms that is um, quite dense, quite rich. And, uh, and so the symbolism there could be, you know, unpacked itself. And you could probably spend half an hour decoding just that. When you talked about the Union Jack, there was lots of Christian imagery. Are there other parts of the world where you see different religious symbols? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There are uh, uh, lots of crosses used around the world. And, and uh, you know, you trace those back historically, those would be, you know, decidedly Christian. There are other parts of the world where crescents are used. Um, and, and I'm sure if you, you know, you can trace those back to uh, religious roots in, in, in many, many cases. Um, I think we, we had lined up a little TikTok type version of, of a flag rundown. Can we do that? I can clap, you know, if you want to have some rhythm to go. <laughs> yeah, well, there were, you know, I was looking up these flags and there are some fantastic flags out there, some really wonderful ones that, that just didn't fit into the, you know, the, the kind of breakdown we were doing with the uh, the Union Jack as the as the grandfather and all the other flags that kind of came from that. And so I did want to do a shout out to some other cool flags. So why don't I just riff? I'll just throw them out there kind of quickly. And uh, yeah, th- some of these are kind of fun. Okay. So Bhutan has a white thunder dragon on a gold and orange background that's split diagonally from lower left to the upper right. Cambodia has a blue horizontal panels. So these are blue horizontal panels on the top and bottom with a red panel across the middle. And then there's a white illustration of Angkor Wat, the world famous Khmer temple, right in the center. Lebanon has a thin stripe of red at the top and the bottom, and then there's a green cedar tree on a white background to symbolize immortality. That's right in the middle, this green cedar tree uh, on the white with a red stripe at the top of bottom. Nepal has non-quadrangular flags, so this is not a rectangular flag, as far as I know, the only one that's like this. It's in fact two flat-backed triangles, so pennants. There's a a slightly smaller one atop a larger one. These are red pennants with blue borders, and there's a white symbol of a star inside the bottom flag, that represents the sun, and then a white symbol of a star inside of a crescent moon. This this is the crescent moon as seen from Nepal, so it's shaped like a smile, and that represents the moon. Then my favorite, the flag from Kenya. So these are horizontal stripes of black, red, and green. These are separated by thin white lines. And all of this is symbolic. The black represents the people of the country. The red represents the blood spilled while fighting colonialism. And the green represents the natural wealth of the country. And then the fact that they are separated by these thin white lines is very intentional. The white lines seal the flag with peace. And right in the center of this flag is a red Maasai shield that is backed by crossed spears. And that represents the defense of freedom. Why is that your favorite? I just love that it's not only the three colors, the black, red, and green. They're very specific. 
like the black to represent the people, the red to represent not only blood spilled, which is very common, but blood spilled fighting colonialism. I liked how specific that was. But then the fact that they're separated by white lines, which is quite unusual in most flags that just have bars of color. It's just one bar beside the other beside the other. There's nothing separating them. And this one having the thin white lines that that in their in 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 the mind of the 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 designers who came up with this flag they're not separating them they're sealing them these white lines seal the flag with peace i quite like that and then the the shield and crossed spears representing the defense of freedom quite specifically i just loved the ideals that were being put forward with this flag i loved the 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 symbolism and uh, and it, it's just a beautifully designed flag. There's something very aesthetically appealing and clear to have a, a, a shield like this that is uh, clear and easily identifiable without being so intricate that it's no longer a good flag to be seen at a distance. You know, that's that's really important in a flag. It's just beautifully designed, uh, um, lovely symbolism. I just found it really appealing. This may be impossible to answer, but in general, as you know, your average sighted person making air quotes, um, how many flags do you think you would know by sight before you did this research? Great question. Um, I would probably know and could clearly identify, like easily identify a dozen. Like I would just know at a glance, that's the Union Jack that's, uh, you know, the, 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 that's the flag of the UK. Uh, that's the American flag. I, I, you know, I know all of those. And then there'd be a tier where I'd be like, oh, okay, is that one, is that, is that France or is that Ireland? You know what I mean? Like there are like three bands of color and I'm pretty sure it's one, but is it might, might be the other one? Cause there are a lot that are very similar. Um, so there'd be a whole group that are recognizable, but I wouldn't be a hundred percent confident walking up to be like, Hey, you're German. I wouldn't do that. Right? <laughs> um, and then there are a whole bunch that I could guess, uh, but would probably be wrong on. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, 195 countries plus things like the United Nations and uh, the African, you know, there's a, there are a lot of flags out there. I could be totally out in the weeds here, but if you saw a flag that you didn't recognize, couldn't identify, would you have a guess at what part of the world it was from? Oh, interesting. Uh, there would be some, but most no. Um, most uh, you, you just wouldn't be able to identify unless it had a very specific symbol on it. Like, for example, this this shield on the on the flag from Kenya, you know, the the, the shape of the shield, the design of the shield. Frankly, I'm going to guess that that's uh, from an African country. Um, I, I might be wrong, but I would. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not going to think that it's from Sweden, right? It's it, the the shape of it is is a shape that is recognizable. But if it's just three or four bands of color, who knows? We hope you're loving the show. We really enjoy the challenge of putting together a new episode each week. To ensure that our efforts are worthwhile, we need to reach as many people as possible. That's where you come in. Help spread the word. Maybe send a podcast link to three friends. Post about the show on local list serves and Facebook groups. Perhaps tweet about a favorite episode and tag some followers you think might like it. Or show your love by becoming a patron. 
The broader our reach, the longer we can stay buoyed and keep afloat. With your support, we'll be around for a long time. Thanks for listening and staying connected on social media. It's what makes this so rewarding for us. Have feedback or suggestions of what you'd like to hear about? Here's how to get in touch with us. Our email address is talkdescriptiontome at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is called Talk Description to Me. Our website is talkdescriptiontome.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at talkdescription. Description.